0: Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio. Reporting from the basement of the Dairy Civic Center, this is Joshua Kahn with the news. First, an update on Dairy Heights mega mansion, Daisy Yellow. Despite licensing being approved weeks ago, no physical construction appears to have taken place on the property. According to Ed Gentry, head of the Dairy Local Laborers Union, Mr. Sandoval has opted to fly in a team of highly trained obstetricians from around the country to ensure his home is born with the best of care. As we all know, listeners, houses being born bad is a rising concern. This is why I hired a doula for my home birth. You're listening to Dairy Public Radio.
1: This is Dairy Public Radio. Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King Book Club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, CM Alexander, alongside Joshua Khan. Hello, everybody. And Benjamin Graham.
2: Hey, constant readers.
1: And today we are covering part two of Rose Red, the TV miniseries. Josh, take it away.
0: Oh man, this episode is kind of weird. Things real weird. Really ratchet up eventually. <laughs> we really turn it from a five to a seven. <laughs> In this episode. We we join back with our uh team of psychics as they arrive at Rose Red and unpack and begin the tour of Rose Red, which immediately the coolest thing we've seen so far, because all of the like nifty like the the mirrored uh library, the upside down room the it, perspective hallway
2: very uh wonka's chocolate factory yeah there's there's a bunch of crazy stuff here it is <laughs>
1: <laughs> not enough house stuff arguably
2: i would completely agree with that uh there's a kind of a cool solarium uh there's the the library uh hands down like i want that library yeah
1: it's a huge round room every wall is books like top to bottom and the floor is mirrors, so even when you look down, you see more books. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that one set piece was really the uh, the highlight of this episode. That, w-
0: that was a million dollar
1: set And that's piece. it for this episode.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it does get uh, into the plot pretty quick, because as they're going on this tour, we have all of our psychics, including Annie with them and we know right away as because as soon as she steps into the house we get a really crazy zoom shot it was like four zooms it it was a very strange shot of of the camera rushing towards annie and the doors slamming shut
1: but then they never show anybody opening those doors and getting her the next scene they're all just walking and she's with them
2: yeah, well, she was inside Was she, did she... Yeah, she, get yeah. she had
1: wandered off down another hall, and those doors shut. Because she had walked down a hall, and they look at her, and it zooms towards her down a hall.
2: Okay, this uh, highlights a problem with this episode of the show, is there were so many times where I'm like, where is everyone in yeah. relation to each other?
1: Which, uh, is that intentional... Because the house is always changing. Let's
2: consider that it is okay, because that makes it a cool choice instead <laughs> of uh, just kind of confusing.
0: Well, and they they go, they make sure they tether themselves like they have a a piece of rope around a banister before they even go upstairs. And as they're walking, they are leaving this this rope trail with the carabiners, so they can find their way back. Because Rose Red, we've. Talked about earlier can change on a whim. It can become whatever it wants to become.
2: Yeah, it'll it'll Hogwarts on you,
0: right? <laughs> switch it, switch up. And I believe CM, you counted how many stairs, how many staircases?
1: There were like there were at least six flights. Six flights of stairs. Oh yeah, stairs because the- yeah,
2: there's that one shot that's a shot top down down a spiral staircase, and yeah, it's like it goes on a really long time. That there's no point in that building that was that
1: tall. That from the outside, that looks like a three, maybe four story. Building. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's a so, uh, half Hogwarts, half uh, Tardis. Yeah, bigger on the inside.
0: Definitely, definitely Tardis. But they, after they've gone into the Mirror Library, well, let's, let's before we get to that, let's talk about what happens in the Mirror Library. It's the first time something actually spooky happens. Because we are here to find ghosts. And if this series is like <laughs> teaching me anything, it's going to be a long time before we get to any ghosts. Nope. You know? No, <laughs> it was not think that. You would think, because the only thing is to prove that there's ghosts. <laughs> and they walk in and th- there it is. Yeah.
1: They get a lot of proof constantly, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Almost That's right. immediately. They are, are walking down, before they reach the mirror hallway, they are walking down this hallway that it's like the perspective hallway yeah, yeah like uh isn't there one of those in willy wonka yeah. where you're walking down and the step perste- perspective changes and it gets smaller as you walk down i
1: just thought the lady who plays bones was getting taller <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh no instead bones gets real confused and she's like oh i'm so this is making me dizzy it's yeah, it's just a hallway that gets smaller. Calm down, bones. Uh, and they open up a door that's hidden in the wall, and there's a disembodied screaming. And they're like, Huh,
0: okay, let's <laughs> the, head on. That's so powerful, like it's blowing all this wind out. And Annie just yells at it to stop, and it stops.
2: All right, yeah, no, I wish we were recording that. They're just like, Huh.
1: They never have a normal reaction to any of these no. things. And not even the professor. I can't remember her
2: name already. Ooh, Joyce. Joyce. <laughs> because
1: Joyce is specifically there to find this stuff. And all these things happen. And she's kind of like looking at it, smiling. That's it. <laughs>
0: yeah. This this disembodied scream is like, Yeah. Let's go find some proof, guys. <laughs> get, so we get to the the mirror room and we find Bollinger's camera is laying there on the floor. And so they they know he was here somewhere. They know he's in the house somewhere. They, uh, <laughs> they're standing there and all of a sudden light starts to come up from the middle of the
1: floor. Yeah, and it's calling to Annie and she's slowly... So slowly (laughs) walking towards it. And it's not like they could have made it. They could have used the space because this room is very large. But no, they're all sort of clumped together in this tight spot. And she's walking with her hand stretched out and the ghost keeps calling to her. And her sister's like, no, don't somebody stop her. And everyone's just watching her and watching the ghost. She's a child. <laughs> what are we doing?
2: Yeah, they they really try to feed her to that ghost. Yeah, they, right off the bat. To the point where uh, Not Eccleston, like, uh, reaches out and stops her sister from going to her. Rachel, like, starts going forward to grab Annie, because she's not getting away. I can't overstate how <laughs> slow she's walking towards this ghost. But not Eccleston's like, nah, nah, you stay with us. Like, we got let's let's watch it. Let's let's let see the, what happens. Yeah, let's let this play out.
0: <laughs> and then Kathy fatal frames the ghost <laughs> yes. by snapping a bunch of pictures and it spooks the ghost away.
1: Even though they were recording, Steve fumbles out the the video camera.
0: It's like he's never touched a camera <gasps> before.
1: Is he a ghost? <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I would ghost like again. to believe. A ghost would be better at holding a video <laughs> than Steve is in this situation because finally Doc is like, Record, record, run tape. And it takes him a full minute to get this thing open. The thing is, like, you're
0: the main focus is on the ghost girl, and you can kind of see <laughs> Steve off to the right. And my full focus was pulled off center to him watching him as though he's never seen this camera. And it's like,
2: oh, Uh, we never talked about how to work this. Yeah, like the director was like, okay, you have a camera, but we have no reason. Like, you can't videotape it because that would solve the whole movie. So just do business in the background. Just
1: do business with the camera.
2: (laughs) And you'll be like, oh, I couldn't get it. I couldn't get uh, it. <laughs> Except then he does, and he still records it, and they don't go home.
0: Well, because later she says that she reviewed it, and it's garbled. Sure. The the video's garbled, and sure. can't you can't make
1: out what's okay, happening. Okay, question. Yes? Do you think it was really garbled, or did she lie so they could stay there longer?
2: I think that's very possible. Ooh, yeah. Or at least would be if this second episode did any work at developing her as a character at all.
1: We got the that doc scene where is. she's yeah. giggling. Barely
2: right. in the sep- second episode, like barely. <laughs> she's
0: there to she does what she did in the first episode. She tells some stories mm-hmm. and
2: gets mad at Steve for telling her stories. Yep.
1: telling her stories about his life. <laughs> <laughs> and, family.
0: and then she walks around for the last twenty minutes. Smiling to herself with headphones on and a movement meter that she's moving
2: around, thinking about ghosts.
1: Oh, can we talk about the people counter?
2: Well, we need oh to talk about God. all of this very <laughs> high tech psychology equipment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we cannot lose focus. Uh, that it is from the psychology oh, wait, department. Oh wait,
1: okay. But first, something cool happens when they leave the mirrored library. They open the door, and that is not the hall that they use to get there. Mm-hmm. And so they start walking, and they follow. They're following their rope, and their rope just leads into a wall.
0: That shot is really
3: cool.
2: That was actually very cool. Followed by something very dumb. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, when you it gets to that point, they're walking down. And they're like, things have changed. Mm-hmm. That this is wrong, and they turn this corner, and the house has just eaten their uh, their way. Back downstairs, and it's very unnerving. It's very, in that situation, I'd be scared out of my mind.
0: I thought it was the first step in them having to venture off the beaten path with no safety net.
2: Exactly, which would have been really interesting. Yeah. Uh, and a chance for a lot of really spooky stuff. But what happens <laughs> is uh, Annie uses, she she uses her magic to force push a hallway into existence.
1: Still not the perspective hallway. So good job, Annie.
0: Yeah, <laughs> can't even bring back the right hallway.
2: <laughs> I uh, try to describe what that looked like because I, I can't. I can't. It looked like a hotel.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that went on that. forever. That, yeah, like, that went on
2: forever. It's. I'm sure in 2002, maybe that effect would have been really cool. Maybe. Sure. Probably. I bet it was pretty cool. But it happened, and I was just like, okay. Once again, and everyone's just like, she did it. <laughs> <laughs> they <laughs> start applauding. Yeah, they, they, they just look at it, and they're like, well, she made an infinite hallway for us, so... And
0: then it jump cuts to them in a room together on the main floor. Eating sandwiches. Eating sandwiches. There's no explanation of, like, that, that's still not the hallway. How did they get
2: back?
1: We forgot to talk about the Upside Down Spite Office.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's a great name for a band. (laughs) (laughs) I like that a lot. That's Uh, my
0: favorite. I like the library, but I've got a thing for upside down rooms. I've always (laughs) wanted an upside down room.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've always wanted a ball
0: pit. Yeah! <laughs> Are we just talking about okay, stuff we sorry. like? For
1: some reason, I get yours, Ben. But Josh?
0: <laughs> it's super cool. And I love that... So she she had... Ellen Rimbauer had the... It's his office, but upside down. What, what does she say? That she did it to, like...
1: Kind of poke fun poke that he's fun at always him. at the office. But what was cool when they first walked into it, they were like, Whoa. And they looked like they were upside down. I thought that the house just pulled some weird trick. I didn't know it was a room that was specifically built to be upside down. And I was like, How is Rose <laughs> Red doing this? <laughs> and the
0: but no. Spins around. <laughs> yeah. I, I love about that that, it sh- that they like explained that and he was like, Oh, did he get it? And like, Nah, probably not.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh, great, that's a lot of work for a joke. Great, yeah, great joke, Ellen. I guess if you <laughs> <Yeah>. have <laughs> the rooms upside down,
1: if you have you ever expanding it? rooms, you can just waste them on the back you know. Of
2: that's a
0: really good point. <laughs> <laughs> so I was workshopping some things <laughs> with this room. Yeah, you can just give up on it and be like, uh eh, Rose Riddle just move this room somewhere out of the way if they don't like it. That's fine."
2: Uh, so they they have lunch. And they talk about the house some more.
0: Yeah, we find the the room they're in is like the billiard room, which was also the party room for her yearly party. And we find that there were celebrities and politicians and the who's who of Seattle would come to these parties until this movie actress went missing. And there's a picture of her on the wall and just like a brief shot of like a brief flashback of her. Walking around, smoking and playing pool, and it's like she was sexy, and then all we found was an earring. That's the backstory we got on that, <laughs> that character, who oh. I believe we see later.
1: Oh, in Emory's bed. Yeah, yeah,
0: if that is, is that who yep. that's supposed to be? Okay, he did. Which... I, he says something
2: like that, but I, my brain was like, how do you know?
1: Inspired a lot of mean virgin jokes.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh yes. I mean, we might as well talk about uh about that night.
0: Oh, about the nighttime. Well, before we get to that, we should talk about the, the dinner party.
1: <laughs> oh, our and our beloved the room counter. cameo. Oh. oh yeah, the room counter. So they're <coughs> they're eating sandwiches. Well, that
2: was lunch with sandwiches. Wait, what was dinner? And then it just cuts forward to that night
0: and uh the power goes out no man
2: it's so
1: it's hard to
2: figure out how this movie
0: happens i'm not gonna lie
2: Uh, about now i checked out (laughs) (laughs) i tried my best guys but boy how i
1: got it okay because i i said hey is this like the club because they're in this parlor and there's a big fireplace Mm -hmm, yeah the fireplace has some decorative stuff on it and i was like who are those words are those low words and they're all sitting around the fireplace and they're chatting and apparently not eating sandwiches because that was much earlier. <laughs> and they order pizza or something. And so a delivery guy shows up and he's kind of standing in the shadows. And you're like, why is this person in oh, the shadows? What's so the dramatic. big reveal? And he steps forward and it's Stephen King.
0: Stephen King cameo. He really and they did. they are it.
1: jerks to him. They,
0: oh, God, they're such dicks to him. But to be fair, he gives them the pizza and then stands in that doorway for a <laughs> solid seven minutes. He was
1: probably waiting for his tip. That could be. Joyce looks cheap.
0: Yeah. Well, she's forking <laughs> out all these thousands of dollars for these people. She didn't have the money for pizza. That was that was fun, though. So and- they,
1: as they're telling stories, they have this people... Capa- wait, <laughs> okay. was it just called a people counter? Okay, I, I read it. <laughs>
2: At this point, hold on. I have to find my
1: notes. Which I assume is to... Okay,
2: at this point, they're eating dinner. And this is what my notes have devolved (laughs) into. Stephen King delivers pizza. A gay cowboy hangs himself. (laughs) (laughs) People proximity counter. This is going off the goddamn race. I I literally missed the beginning of this. What was with the gay cowboy? Please tell me. (laughs) It was... John Rimbauer's old partner who. No, because John Rimb, wait, yes. Yeah, no, was his old right.
0: business partner. And all. The, it was just a throwaway line of like, the only thing I know about him is he really had a thing for cowboys. And Nick responds with my favorite line of this episode, he liked
2: chaps and chaps. <laughs> I love it. And then we get a, a flashback to Steve's grandpa. Yep. Who was John Rimbauer's son. Yes. Okay. His grandpa and his grandpa's sister, who is the little girl with the withered arm. April. April. Who is also the ghost. Yes. From earlier. Should have mentioned that. (laughs) That's probably important. (laughs) Standing just... Staring at a cowboy, climbing a ladder. And he's fully
0: decked cowboy. Not like yes. not like a rugged, but like a fancy cowboy. <laughs> like he's like white, clean white boots with pastels. Uh, and <laughs> Just the fanciest cowboy. He
2: just slowly climbs a ladder, takes his hat off, hands it to this little kid, hangs himself. Just Wait, while these kids gives, stare gives at him. He
1: April a rose. Yeah, he
2: tosses a rose ah. and, and she catches the rose. And then they just watch him hang himself. And this, as far as I'm concerned, has nothing to do with anything. Uh, I guess. (laughs) Also, I didn't do the counting, but I think this does not match up with the numbers we learned in the first episode. Because we learned that of all of the deaths in the house, there were 23 deaths, 5 men, and 18 women. I am almost positive we have learned about more than 5 men dying.
1: Well, we had the guy with the window pane, the construction guy, yep. the guy who got shot, the apple. guy with the apple, cowboy.
0: And there was another guy. Uh, there was another guy during the construction. I don't remember what happened to him, but there was uh, another construction worker death. I
1: thought there were only three.
0: No, we only talked about three last episode because I couldn't remember what oh. the one that was between. The, there was something between the window and the apple. I don't. Find so I
1: we're know it was. so we're at our. Five.
0: So we're at five. Okay, if we're remembering. Everything correct? No, because John Rimbauer fell out of the window. Like, yeah, through. So there's. So that's five. That's six.
1: I. Are you sure there was a guy? I'm pretty sure. I only remember three. Hmm. The point is sure <laughs> <matters. laughs>
2: that uh, why are we? Why? Why did we need this? <laughs> we didn't. Why did we need this gay cowboy? Didn't need. Uh, which is not a sentence I thought I'd ever say. Because <laughs> hey, Wait, more gay cowboys. The mayor, in my opinion,
1: wasn't the statue of. April out in the courtyard. Wasn't she holding a rose?
0: She was. That could be something. Because the rose, he- Fred? <laughs> <laughs> it was a sentient rose named
2: Fred. <laughs> that was too <pretty> loud. <laughs> oh, what a dumb, dumb thought that was. But anyway, what was I talking about? We were talking about the people counter, that device. Oh, yeah. That has, it marks
0: the temperature of the room. And then I saw there was another measurement that it had, and then at the bottom it says, People Proximity Counter. Yes. That this is a piece of equipment the psych department owns. And
1: my joke was that it's used to take attendance (laughs) for class. What else are they using it for? Because it needs to
0: be optimum temperature in the classroom. (laughs) That's literally the only possible use
1: for this
2: non-existent piece of technology.
1: A lazy professor just doesn't want to count heads. Ah, Says 200. Okay, good. That
2: seems right. (laughs) But they, they keep cutting to this dumb, looks like a radio with just a printout. It says like six. There's six people in the room and it slowly starts ticking up. Oh. oh, who cares? And
1: I literally can't remember if anything happens as a result of that because I know it um, goes up everything to explodes.
2: Electricity explodes. You know what, truth, that's true that's <laughs> okay. that's a dumb phrase but it is 100% what happened uh,
1: and then they the april the ghost comes back
2: yes and,
1: and is like annie and annie's slowly reaching towards her.
2: and then steve throws a
0: cup at her and he runs away that was my favorite way of getting rid of a ghost
1: <laughs> and then uh emery gets Power blasted by the fireplace and falls down, and then a bassinet rolls out. (laughs) And there's a rat hold on, there's a Raggedy Andy doll and some dominoes in it.
0: Which that happened is well established that Annie (laughs) loves dominoes. It's
2: it's, (laughs) this is the second episode when we were coming in to record. I was like, boy, a sure, a whole bunch of things happened. I think. Yeah, now that we go through it bit by bit, a lot of shit happened in that scene. Very quickly, none of it made sense. But yeah, but so much of it's just I, I don't I don't get it. I don't
0: understand the importance of the And It's weirdly hard to this. follow, right? It's like that is my chief problem with this, is that as I'm even as I'm watching it, I'm kind of confused <laughs> as to time. And, and that gets even worse as we go into the night, which we'll talk about everybody. We, we get to see how everybody sleeps. Which the night time is all on you guys. I
1: think that is intentionally disjointed to make so. us feel like we don't know what's going on.
0: Right. It's kind of maddening. But th- that segment very specifically is very confusing. But even then, following... I found following the chain of events or like the time between scenes was just yeah. so hard to keep mm-hmm. track of. I just couldn't find like a grounding frame of reference for why are we doing what we're doing and why does it matter? Mm-hmm. And that is a problem for me. Like getting confused with like the doppelgangers that co- that are coming up. That's one thing. But when I can't follow the even like the, the basic timeline when things aren't going crazy... I find that's just kind of a problem for me. It really it, it takes me out of it. I might as well have seen Seattle in the background.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> just pulled all the way out.
2: Well, I wasn't paying attention at all during all right. the night sequences. So, CM, they go to remind b- me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so after the bassinet incident, they go to bed, me, right? <laughs> and I, th- I think they buddied up. Mm-hmm. So obviously Annie and... Rachel, I refuse to call her that other name, and mm-hmm. so does Steve. Later, are sharing <laughs> a room for good reason, and Kathy and Bones are sharing a room. I don't mm. remember her name. Pam. Pam. So Emery, Emory is asleep by himself, and he wakes up because.
2: Uh, well, he's he's following Bones.
1: Oh, yeah. And we we come dreaming. into him dreaming. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he's like in an, it looks like an attic with bones. And there's some weird chemistry between them. And then he's like, hey, bones, will you go to bed with me? And she's like, no, and disappears. <laughs> well,
2: she's like, your mom's behind you. And he's like, where?
1: Which? Huh? Uh, huh? Uh?
2: What made uh, him more what? into it?
1: Is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. I mean, isn't it kind of interesting that he's thinking about sex and then she's like, your mom's behind you.
0: In his own dream, yeah. Does he want to? <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> interesting you should say that. I was on the floor. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right.
1: <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Call back to the long walk. Oh,
2: three. man.
0: <laughs> Ben's our resident Oedipal research <laughs> expert.
1: <laughs> uh, so So he wakes up from this nightmare where he thought he was with bones and about to get some but he's not and he
2: gets attacked by well uh, he
1: he gets up and he walks to the window and he looks out and in the courtyard he sees a s- silhouette of a woman standing there and then he lays back down and as soon as he lays down we see a skeletal hand work its way across his torso
0: the longest fingers oh. i've ever seen on a fake
2: skeleton
1: and we look over and he sees the movie star who is like a mummified corpse yeah at this point pop
2: it Mummified corpse puppet.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what she says to him.
2: Uh, I believe she says, um, wanna fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and Call then, me mommy. <laughs> 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 uh, he,
0: he does what Emery does. Like his coping mechanism is to close his eyes and just repeat. Not there, not there, not there. And when he opens his eyes, the thing's usually gone. And so that's what he does. And then he he opens his eyes and it's gone, but then he pulls back the sheets and there's an imprint where that that creature was lying. So he knows it's real. Then we have man, and everything with Bones is so confusing. Very because the first first thing we see Bones get out of bed with Kathy and leave the room. And then we jump to Bones waking up in a different room. Because Kathy's knocking at the door. But then we jump back to Kathy in her bed with something trying to upskirt her bed.
1: And and Kathy, the Kathy that's at Bones' door tells her, you got to come with me. I found something out. It explains so much. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And so that the Kathy doppelganger takes Bones out to that fountain and presumably drowns her. Like that's...
2: Well, we don't know that kind of yet. Uh, Yeah, I mean that's we assume that's going to happen. Well, she takes her out, and then we don't see bones for a long time. Yeah, like it, it just she just walks out of the movie.
0: Yeah, we see well, we see her slowly walking into that like fountain area,
1: and then it cuts to Annie 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 and Rachel. The thing,
2: and she sees her. Oh my god! I.
1: Annie Annie, and Rachel are in bed, and Annie wakes up, and the closet door opens, and there's a mirror on the inside of the closet door, and she sees a, a vision of Bones in the fountain standing, yeah. looking up at something. And then April comes walking through, and she's singing to her.
2: That shot was so hard to parse. I had no idea what the fuck I was looking at. Because, <laughs> like, the Well, you shot- can't
1: blink. You have to be, like- if you blink, it's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: It's like That's a, what I look for in a movie. <laughs> the shot like I could not figure out why she was seeing bones in I couldn't tell it was a mirror. It looked like a weird shot from a 90s music video where she was just like <laughs> another like floating in a you know, yeah. you know well, what I mean. It's, yeah, it's it's
0: like Annie has everybody's psychic powers because that's what nick's powers look like like that's what oh, his psychic yeah, visions right. look like so it's almost it, i don't know like it, it's almost like she has everybody else's gift also somehow she's rogue yeah she's a psychic rogue so ben annie, doesn't like that <laughs>
1: annie gets out of bed and she's slowly reaching out <laughs> towards april and then a skeletal hand reaches like grabs annie's ankle from under the bed and annie cool as a cucumber just sort of crouches down and looks under the bed yeah Yeah. which wakes up rachel who gets her flashlight and crouches down and looks under the bed and she's like what are you doing did you open the closet door close the closet door i don't like it open you
0: you know i can't sleep when the closet door is open wait what
1: do they sleep together at home
2: maybe i who knows Oh, her whole identity is uh based on her sister that's true yeah
3: she she
0: wants everyone to call her sissy because she's annie's sister
1: call me annie's sister
0: (laughs) when she wants to be formal sissy oh please call me annie's sister
2: sissy please sissy's my father's name (laughs) call me annie's
3: sister (laughs) (laughs) so
0: stupid it is so dumb (laughs) Oh, so so that wraps that sequence up. Then I think we go back to Kathy, who the thing that was under the rug is now under her sheets. And she's like just complete. She's full spread eagle <laughs> laying in bed. And it's, it's I'm a coming woman right come down. At me. <laughs> she, she is
2: straight up about to get evil deaded. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then just before it reaches the point of no return. <laughs> um, that's not what I should call it. <laughs> um, she grabs the sheets and throws them back. Nothing's there.
1: Do you think she was disappointed?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wish you would have cut back to her, and she just would have been like, "Dang." Do, do you wish have she would have
1: done a, like uh,
2: in Ghostbusters when Dan Aykroyd has say, <laughs> just like she just covers up, goes cross-eyed, and lays back down.
1: <laughs> I, I would have. Been so delighted if they had done a callback to that. It turns
0: out it's the gay cowboy, and he was like, Nope,
3: and he
1: just
0: leaves.
3: Go to
2: Steve's
0: room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it's so ridiculous. A couple times, I think Bones and Emery also see Bollinger. Bollinger's like a mm-hmm. jump scare that cuts us to a different scene twice. Yeah. Rule of threes, guys. They need it one more time, and, and so like it, it makes that whole night sequence just super disorienting. The thing is, I we suddenly just jump cut to morning. I guess we we jump cut to Annie playing with dominoes in the the solarium.
2: Yeah, either that or I blacked out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we all must have either, blacked out. Then equally possible. This is
0: this is the problem I have with with any haunted house kind of movie or show. I I talked uh, to you guys uh, outside of the episode about, I just finished watching uh, haunting of Hill house. And the reason that that was so hard for me to get into is those first two or three episodes. There's always the ghost is here. It's coming for you. And at the last minute, it's just gone. There's no consequence. Like they build it up because you can't kill these main characters off this early in the show Mm -hmm. or in the, in the movie. So it's a fine line. That you can walk between something being super eerie and then disappearing and then bringing something to an aggressive conclusion and then just backing out of it for functionally no reason. And that is a lot of what almost this entire night sequence, except for the fact that one person does die.
1: We don't see it, though. Yeah,
0: it's it's, well. And the, the reason we don't see it is the worst because we see bones again. Before Mm -hmm. we we find out anything. Oh yeah.
1: So they can't show us. Right. We're dying. Okay.
0: So the next morning, Annie is playing with her dominoes and now she has two dolls that she named after the April and uh, Steve's grandpa, which is (laughs) weird. And. uh, Oh,
1: and there's a a new room off of the kitchen.
0: Oh yeah. Mm. Oh, like a wine cellar has just appeared and it was half open and Nick was like, fuck yeah, let's do this. (laughs) Now, oh, oh, we I completely forgot we didn't mention this because it happens at the very beginning and there's all that other stuff happening. In that first tour, they find Bollinger's cell phone in the solarium mm-hmm. and they call they hit redial call it back and find that it was uh Professor Dean. <laughs> and they they so they they called and left him a message. Then at breakfast, Steve and Nick are talking and he says he's going to call him again and like try to get him to Call back because they still haven't found or seen Bollinger, mm-hmm. and like they want to get him to come down and see what they should do. Pretty and much.
1: Nick makes a good argument that the longer they go without knowing if he's okay and not calling the police, the more peculiar it looks for them,
0: right? <sighs> and we so we cut away and we cut back and we hear the end of that voicemail. We hear the end of the message he leaves that just basically says, uh, "I think it would be beneficial for for you to come down." So we can kind of figure this out. You, you call me back at this number. You know it because it's yours. Hangs at the phone. Then we have the weirdest scene, which is saying so much. <laughs> this is it romantic scene between Steve oh. and a 15 year old and then his it, sister?
1: It is. <laughs> I'm not saying it's right, but there is some chemistry.
2: It is weirdly flirtatious. Yeah. Uh, Steve comes down uh, in, in the morning, and Annie is playing in the solarium with her dolls and these dominoes. And Annie has this this thing that she does. She did it earlier with Eccleston, and uh, when when people say hi, when apparently uh, men say hi to her, she covers her face uh, because
1: because if she doesn't, they flirt with her. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: she doesn't like strangers.
1: Yeah. Uh, and
2: uh, so Steve comes down, She says, he says hi, she covers her face, and he stares at her. And she slowly uncovers her eyes, and it's gross, it's weird. It's There is a very weird energy yeah. between them. Yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that needs to be said.
0: <laughs> uh, the Annie uses her powers to play Glenn Miller out of a flower.
1: And Which float I, domino. Speaking of
2: fucking weird, that is not telekinesis. That's nope. nothing. That's what magic. Is that? That's yeah, straight that's up magic. <laughs> she's a wizard.
1: See, she's I, I thought that it was the house doing that.
0: No, she, some reason. she's doing it, it, it. You know it is because uh, Rachel her, treats yeah. it so normally. Like, uh, oh, yeah. Out of a flower this time. <laughs> she also levitates things and she's got telekinesis and psychokinesis. and But- Those are the least important things about her. (laughs) 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 Disagree. Strongly disagree. And she pulls Steve aside and she tells Steve the story. We got at the very beginning with the raining of the rocks. And now we we get a flashback. (laughs) God, I had to watch this scene twice. (laughs) And I'm angry about it. (laughs) Um, Apparently, Rachel somehow leaked the drawing that Annie had done of the boulders in front of the, the house to the newspaper and the local newspaper on the front page printed a side by side of the drawing and the actual photo of the house
2: yeah with the headline did did a no did a dog bite cause stones to rain uh, from the sky <laughs> yes! did a little girl being bit by a dog cause stones raining <laughs> what fucking newspaper is this God, no wonder Print is dead. What is that? (laughs) So so Rachel and her dad
0: are having a legitimate argument, I feel, uh, as to, like, this is insane. Like, something bad is going to happen because of this. Annie's response is to freeze all of the water in the house, causing the sink to explode and almost spike her mother to death, and cause all the sprinklers in the yard to explode and shoot into, ice spikes into giant
2: pillars of ice
0: where people on the street are just casually driving by <laughs> as this is happening like they
1: weren't told the special effect. They, they were
0: no, nobody was watching <laughs> nobody had uh somebody on set to ask cars to hold for that shot oh it would have been way
2: better if that car just like suddenly veered off the road right like, slammed into one of the park cars it would have been awesome <laughs> and and we, we get this
0: this story about Annie's crazy powers, which also also freezing water, is not telekinesis. Not telekinesis.
2: <laughs> cryokinesis, maybe? I, like, I'll,
0: I'll go with cryokinesis.
2: Not a, not a not thing. Not a thing.
0: Now we get to revisit Professor Dean. <laughs> not his name, <laughs> but it, I've it given is up. Now. It is now. We're
2: an episode and a half into this. His name is <laughs>
0: Dean now. It's Professor Dean. And he checks his voicemail and... The first voicemail he gets is exactly as we heard it. The second voicemail is in Steve's voice, but it is not the voicemail he left. The voicemail he hears is that Bollinger slid his wrists and spelled out his name in his own blood. And he needs to get down there immediately so we can decide what to do about it. Which was, I thought, a mistake. At first, (laughs) like, because, which is just a testament to how this movie's put together, (laughs) how this series was put together, that initially I was like, no, the call ends with him saying something else. (laughs) I can't believe they (laughs) fucked it up. They had the script. And then Ben reacted and I was like, oh, it's that's on purpose. That's the house drawing him in. At the same time, my favorite character, Emery's mother, (laughs) can't get a hold of her son. So she drives through downtown Seattle to Roseret.
2: I do enjoy how they're they're setting up for every character we know to converge into one place. I thought that was a neat trick. I mean,
0: yeah, but why? Like why like why does the house feel like it needs to kill everyone we've met? The house doesn't know that we've only met them in this movie.
1: The, I don't know. Okay, so <laughs> as when when they're in the greenhouse earlier, Rachel I think points out that the flowers weren't there, weren't at the back of the greenhouse yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the house is drawing people to it to regenerate. Like it's when those oh, people yeah. die, it starts to kind of come back to life.
0: So it's it's trying to pull any Anyone. connection. Mm-hmm. So if it fed on everybody there, it would be reaching out even like to the next step, like a web, like pulling. Yeah, because it hasn't
1: killed in like thirty-five years.
2: Sure it also reminds me a lot of uh the ending of it when all of the extraneous characters start being pulled in mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when is that a bills wife gets drawn yeah oh, and yeah what's his name henry bowers, henry bowers uh gets drawn into the city uh, it just reminded me a lot of that which yeah. might be giving too much credit to this uh, <laughs> but uh i did i did like that
1: yeah.
0: The two fun, the, the two arrive at the same time, which is great, very convenient.
1: I mm-hmm. love how Emery's mom bosses Professor Dean. Yeah. like, yeah, he needs to be bossed. Upset man. we
2: were uh denied uh, those two characters meeting and falling in love.
1: Oh.
2: <laughs> hey man, it's not over yet.
0: <laughs> There's still plenty of time. If I've learned anything, it's never too late for love. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the tagline to
3: this. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> Rose
2: Red! It's never too late for love.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's it. They they get in. The the, the, the gate opens itself. We cause Emory's mom was trying to get into it and it wouldn't budge. And once they're both there, Professor Dean like barely touches it and it opens right up. And then Emery's mom almost runs him over because she's so anxious <laughs> to get in and find her little Emmers. Uh <laughs> I don't like that I said that. And they pull in and somebody runs real fast past the front end. And I'm it, it was Bollinger. Mm-hmm. Like you could tell it was a skinny dude runs past. She slams on her brakes and goes, Emery. Nah, man, you don't know what your son looks like. <laughs> or <are you> is physically <laughs> capable
2: of. <laughs> 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 Sorry, that got me. Like,
0: <laughs> you look at Emery, he's never moved that fast in his <laughs> whole life. And she just starts shouting, like she slams on her brakes, which causes an accident. And so they're both bleeding a little, and she just takes off running. And for some reason, Professor Dean follows her. Yeah, I'm that's not weird. sure why, but I that don't was know. very weird.
1: So Emery's <laughs> mom is running through the woods, yelling after him, can't seem to catch up to him. And Professor Dean is running after her yelling for her, can't seem to catch up to her. And all of a sudden she sees, she hears something behind her. And we kind of see the silhouette of a very dirty looking person. It's Bollinger. She turns around and he kills her or knocks her out or something. Yeah, And then Professor Dean somehow, like he gets lost, but then he makes his way back to the, the main entry in his car and then there's the uh, best friend. So there's Sukina. And she's like, hey, man, we're all waiting for you inside. Come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm Super paraphrasing. Casual. Yeah. <laughs> and so he follows her inside. During this time, we have remember if it cuts back and forth, but Emery's playing pool in the lounge yeah. and yeah, in the game room or whatever. And he hears his mom, and he does that thing where he closes his eyes. He's like, not, not real, real, not real, not real. Because he thinks that it's just the house or the ghosts yeah. messing with him or whatever.
2: And <laughs> to Emery, his mother showing up is just as terrifying <laughs> as <laughs> a, a uh, corpse uh, trying uh, <laughs> to have sex with him. Yeah, Which, you know.
0: And well, But this sets his these hallucinations that are not hallucinations, because his mom sets up what happens next. Because... As this keeps cutting back and forth to all these different things, at one point, Annie goes to the window and she sees Vic in his pajamas talking super casually to no one, <laughs> which is just another weird thing we've seen Vic do. And we're, I like that all of us were like, yeah, that seems like Vic. It was
1: cool, though, because we we see through Annie's eyes that he's talking to himself like he's no one else is there. And then it cuts to him and he's talking to Bones
0: in her in her nightgown. And he, they're, like, flirting, which should have been his first clue. <laughs> uh, she's flirting with him. And she t- is like, I've got to show you something. Let's go. Like, takes him by the hand. She
2: says it explains so much. Yes. The same thing that the doppelganger t- told Bones yeah. before.
0: And they they go out, and he she takes him to the fountain. And then he looks around, and she's gone. And then he looks in the water and he sees her lying in the water.
1: This is the best scene of the, the yeah. show so Hands far. down
0: yes. the spookiest thing that happened. Oh, yeah.
1: So she's floating face up in the water and he, he makes his way. Yeah, beneath the statue of Eleanor. Yeah. And he makes his way in and he's freaking out and he touches her, her nightgown and her body's not there. It's just her nightgown. And so... As he's starting to make his way back out, the statue of Eleanor is coming to life, and it's a cool effect. They do a it's good really job. It's very cool. She's moving her hands, and you can hear the the um, marble or whatever yeah, cracking. Yeah. And then he he starts to walk away, and he's going behind the statue. Statue Eleanor rips off her statue face. Fucking awesome! And just slowly turns it, and so we get this shot. Of him walking towards the camera, and she's in the background with her statue face watching him go.
2: It's and so cool. It's a really yeah. cool effect. Yeah. And he
1: has the only reasonable reaction to that, which is to have a heart attack.
2: <laughs> <laughs> have a heart attack and die. Okay, so yeah, all this stuff is happening. It's it's a lot of stuff all happening at once. Once again, I was half paying attention. And I got the sense that maybe you guys... Uh, back me up it felt it's very farcical you know what i mean where it's like these people are running over here and these people are running over here and it's all happening simultaneously and uh it it almost reminded me of the movie clue yeah okay except boring (laughs) yeah
0: yep end of statement it's but it, it
2: has this feeling of like if there was more, there wasn't any connection between any of it. Does that, does that make sense?
1: It's what I have found with it so far is that it doesn't build tension.
2: Yeah, the way all yeah. of these
1: scenes are supposed to build tension. Mm-hmm. It's just not there. Yeah, it's You're, just stuff happening. When the ghosts show up, it it didn't. I wasn't spooked or scared when they were wandering around. I wasn't like. Tense, Mm -hmm. like oh no what's gonna happen and i don't know if that's just a product of it being in early 2000s yeah
2: it was on abc so like it it couldn't be that scary you know
1: yeah that was you know nowadays we get something on like netflix and Mm -hmm. you know the haunting of hill house and they can do they can make it however they want to make it and but that's my biggest problem with it so far there's no tension
0: well, and see, I completely agree. the thing that should be the most the most tense scene in this episode should have been this scene at the very end when Vic is having a heart attack because they set those dominoes in place where Vic runs to the window where Emery is and is pounding on the window, yelling at Emery that he's having a heart attack and he needs him to let him in and
2: get his medicine and
0: get his medicine. But because of what we... Set up with his mother thinking that was a hallucination. Emery thinks this is another hallucination. So he flat out, this man is begging for help on the other side of this window. He turns his back on him, plugs his ears, and just starts repeating to himself. That should be the most tense scene. And I felt so little. I am the last person who should be asking this question. (laughs) But... okay. Is part of the problem the soundtrack?
2: What soundtrack? The
0: soundtrack to the show.
2: Yeah, I, I
0: exactly. Yeah,
2: exactly. I did
0: not because music it did
2: not register in my not
1: head at all. It's not creating an atmosphere. Yeah,
0: music creates atmosphere and it can create that tension. And I, like I said, I I don't know anything about music. I don't. I I don't have an ear for it really, but it still makes me feel atmosphere and it still makes me mm-hmm. feel tension when when it's done right. Like there are movies that I've seen a hundred times that have really scary scenes and because the music, because the sound design creates that atmosphere, I'm nervous every time. Thinking back on it, I I could easily just throw yackety sacks <laughs> into the background of this scene and my brain would be like, yeah, that's probably what the music was behind it because it has made no
2: impression on me. Uh, arguably, uh, I would 100% prefer this movie with Yakni sax. <laughs> I am of the belief that Yakni sax make everything better. We'll recut it, Ben. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah we'll tr- we'll turn this into a comedy. Yet,
1: <laughs> the house is really cool, though.
2: The house is.
0: Very the set cool. pieces are so cool. And-
1: okay, so
2: here's one last thing. Going into the third part, we've. Ooh, we really tore this apart, this episode. Um, I I feel like the first episode I enjoyed a lot because it was so kind of goofy and like, what is this? And this part was not very good. The third part, I want to go in with a more positive attitude. Uh, Are you guys with me? Because Definitely. I feel kind of bad. While I was only half paying attention, I was, of course, on the IMDb trivia page. Like you do. And um, this movie was actually originally uh, supposed to be a feature length theatrical release movie. Oh. Because Steven Spielberg reached out to Stephen King and said, I want to make the scariest horror, uh, haunted house movie ever made. And specifically looked for Stephen King to write the script. That could have been unbelievable like right yeah. yeah but in uh i want to say what when was it 2001 yeah. or so 2001 was when it was well, shooting. well this this yeah this came out in 2002 so it would have been 2000 2001 after a little while they had creative differences the uh, they they disagreed steven spielberg wanted it to have action sequences which is very strange because a scary haunted house movie with action sequences. Sounds very strange to me. Uh, and Stephen King wanted a more cerebral haunted house movie. And so Steven Spielberg left the project. Stephen King bought his script back and then was hit by a van. Oh. oh.
1: That's that time. Yes. Oh.
2: And after he was in recovery, this screenplay was apparently one of the things that he used as his recovery for his writing. This was what he did while he was convalescent, basically, to hone himself to be able to work again. So, I feel that maybe we've been a little
0: unfair. What makes this a a very interesting point to me Mm -hmm. is that this whole time I've been thinking that for Stephen King... The writing of this miniseries feels so broad strokes. Mm-hmm. And that's what it, like so confusing. I'm so used to King's deliberate nature. But phrasing it that way, like this being kind of like a therapeutic, like an exercise almost, makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. It feels less like a more, when I think of true horror fan, feels less like it's for true horror fans and more like it's for a general public which is very true
2: once again it was on abc in 2002 Mm -hmm. uh, 2002, so like
0: it seems like a project he had fun doing which is also something you want in something that is supposed to be therapeutic and recovering like it seems like something he had a good time with just he probably just enjoyed writing this story
2: that said i still did not enjoy this
1: (laughs) that's it for this episode of dairy public radio Join us next time for part three of Rose Red. For Joshua Kahn and Benjamin Graham, I'm C.M. Alexander, and I have to show you something. It explains so much. Hey, everyone. C.M. Alexander here. Thanks for listening to Rose Red part two. We hope you enjoyed it. This episode is brought to you by a podcast we've been listening to recently, Online Warriors Podcast. They are a weekly podcast of three charming co-hosts who talk all the nerdy stuff you could possibly want. Movies, gaming, technology, entertainment. Please give them a listen. They release an episode every Wednesday, and you can find them anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also check them out on their website at onlinewarriorspodcast.com. One of our listeners, Katie, sent us a message with an interesting theory about Rose Red. She pointed out that at the end of Carrie, there's a little girl mentioned, a little girl with telekinesis by the name of Annie. She would be about the right age for our Annie in Rose Red. She was born in 86, and this movie came out in 2002. Although it does mention a brother and not a sister. Either it's a different Annie, or just an early inspiration for King, or there's something really dark happening in that family. Where did the brother go? Thanks for pointing out this possible connection, Katie. Let us know what you guys think on our social media at Dairy Public Radio or send us an email at dairypublicradio at gmail.com. Visit us at constantreaders.org for everything Stephen King and Stephen King adjacent and check out our Patreon. Please take a moment, if you can, to rate and review us on iTunes so that other listeners can find us. That's all for now, listeners. Goodbye.